I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The best turkey hunting happens very early in the morning, right? Well, you'd be surprised how many professional hunters disagree with that. On this episode, I'm going to tell you about how you can hunt turkeys late, lazy, and quietly. Hey, welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel, helping new hunters get started and bringing new insights to all hunters. And don't forget about that blog at newhuntersguide.com, full of articles and reviews, not to mention hundreds of podcast episodes that have been archived and organized by pursuit and content type, so you can find stuff easily. Today, I want to talk to you guys about hunting turkey, not at dawn the late morning or the midday turkey hunt. Now, for years, I've heard that, you know, the best turkey hunting happens at dawn. It's the first hour or two of the morning. That's the best time, the time you're most likely to take a turkey. And there certainly are lots of people that say that. However, it is not an open and shut case. A lot of hunters, a lot of professional hunters, whether they're paid to hunt or they're just that passionate and they hunt turkeys 40, 50, 60 days a year across multiple states, are split on when the best time is to hunt turkeys. And that tells me this, that even if first thing in the morning is better, opportunity is arguably just as good later also. Which means... That even if you miss the first light turkey hunt, you can still take turkeys just as or almost as effectively as if you were in the woods at first light. All right, there, there is all sorts of other stuff going on in the woods beyond when they gobble on the roost and then fly down and then those first couple of minutes. And what you need to be aware of here is that you have options. You do not have to go into the turkey woods at dawn every morning. Some people I know, they just don't want to wake up that early. Or don't want to wake up that early day after day after day. Some people I know, it's just, you know, they've got to wake up and drive one or two or three hours to get to decent turkey hunting land. So they don't want to get up at 2.30 in the morning in order to get to the place that they're going to hunt turkeys so they can be there, get in the woods and get set up and be quiet by first light or a half hour before first light. 
And so, you know, that is not something that is necessarily make or break for turkey hunting. Now, it is true. Turkeys gobble less as the morning go on. However, that doesn't mean that turkeys get harder to hunt or harder to kill, rather, as the morning goes on. A lot of people are convinced that the turkey hunting only gets better after 9 o'clock as opposed to gets worse. Now, there's a lot of people, you know, they're at the Waffle House or they're at Denny's at 9 o'clock. That, they're done by then. And they'll tell you that, you know, the best turkey hunting happens early. However, if they're not in the woods, how would they know? Right? I mean, you left the woods. How do you know what turkey hunting would have happened after that? If you always leave the woods at 9, you have no idea what the chances are after 9. And so that's something that you got to keep in mind when people are telling you, oh, there's no sense being out past 9. They never stay out past 9. Well, what do they know about staying out past 9? Right? It's, that's like asking somebody who's never been somewhere how to get there. It's just that doesn't make any sense. Well, two or three times they stayed out past 9 and it wasn't any good. Well... Yeah, two or three or ten times I've gone out before nine. It wasn't any good either. But the bottom line is you can take turkeys any time of the day that it's legal. And the way you can do that is, first of all, you got to be stealthy. Okay? You got to be quiet. Anytime you're moving in the turkey woods, you've got to be quiet. And no matter how quiet you try to be, you will still make some noise. And that can be okay. Because turkeys make some noise too walking through the woods. And so it's not the kind of thing where, you know, if you're not a ghost, then you don't have a chance. As long as you make less noise than a turkey, you can be all right. But what you need to do is think differently. You need to hunt differently. You need to have different strategies, different tactics, different approach to going after birds at that time of day. Now, if you're out all day, all morning, from dawn until noon or whenever you're not allowed to hunt anymore, then you do have some advantages. You know what happened before you got there or before mid-morning, right? If you were there at, at dawn, you knew what happened between dawn and 9 a.m. And so you're able then to make decisions and, and strategies and movements and things based on that. If you know you heard a bunch of turkeys over here and they went that way, well, then you know that. If you know there was no sign of turkey life whatsoever anywhere in the area, then you know that. When you walk in at 9 o'clock, you don't know any of that. So you're at a bit of a disadvantage. However, it's a disadvantage in some ways, but it is not a disadvantage across the board. Because oftentimes, you know, if you knew those turkeys were over here and then they went off that away in the, the distance, well, now you're all focused on those turkeys in that direction and you're not thinking anything about the other turkeys that will be moving into the area that you are right now or that are in the area already. They just didn't gobble, didn't make any noise. And so you can then misplace your focus on those turkeys. Now, there's two main ways... I think, to hunt this kind of strategy, this kind of day. And so one, if you know where the turkeys are, where they usually are, or an area that they're usually in, you can sneak in, you, you set up real quiet, real easy, and then you do some calling. 
You don't sit there and call real loud and wild. All right, turkeys are not doing that mid-morning most of the time. But you sit there, quiet and easy, and you could do some calling. Maybe you sit still all morning. If you feel confident that that's a good spot, the turkeys are going to be in there or around there or come through there, you hunt them just like you would a strategic sit at dawn. You come in, you hunker down, and you do your calling, and you sit and you wait and you practice stealth and being still and being quiet and being patient because you know the turkeys are around. You've scouted, you've got sign, you've got trail camera photos, you've got tracks, you've got scratches, you've, you know from days before that they're in that area. And so you be super quiet, take it super easy, and you just be patient and, and you, you do the wait and hunt. Another way to do it is running and gunning. And so this is what you probably are going to do if you don't know the area, if you're unfamiliar with the turkey activity, and you're going to go some couple hundred yards, you're going to stop for a little bit, you're going to call, you're going to listen, you're going to be patient, then you get up, go another couple hundred yards, stop, listen, call, be patient. You don't want to move on too quickly, though. A lot of people that run and gun... They are only looking for the immediate response. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. They're going to keep going until a gobbler answers immediately. All right, and, and that sometimes happens, and then you can, you can have a good quick hunt. and uh, Or, well, you might have been out for hours before that happens, so it's not necessarily a quick hunt, but it could be a quick kill from the time they answer you if they're interested and they're going to come in. However, they don't all gobble back. They may still come in, but they're not necessarily going to gobble. And when you hunt like that and you just keep going and you stop for 30 seconds to call and listen before moving on, oftentimes, you know, five minutes later, 10 minutes later, 20 minutes later, there's a turkey standing right where you were. 
looking for that hen, but you're gone. And so, and you never know he was there. But the other thing is you're going to cover a lot more ground or have to cover a lot more ground if you're going to keep moving constantly. That's tiring. That's going to wear you out. You're going to have to cover more distance. You're going to need more property, more acres, more everything. And so that can be an effective way to hunt. People do it. It works. But if you go slower, if you're quieter while you're moving, if you're super stealthy, and then you stop in each location and you just hunker down and sit down and call and wait 20 or 30 minutes before getting up and moving again, I think your odds are better most of the time. I really do. I think your odds are better if you have reason to believe that there's turkeys in the vicinity. Also, it's going to be a lot easier on you, the hunter. All right, you're not going to have to cover as much ground. You're not going to have to go as many miles. You're not going to have to to push as hard. You're not going to need as many acres. Now, if you're on infinite tracks of public land, maybe it's not a problem. However, it can be hard to move on infinite tracks of public land. You don't always have a trail or a logging road or something you can follow that's clear and quiet if and when you're hunting like that. You need something else. You need some other strategy. You need, otherwise you're going to be loud. It can be real hard pushing through heavy brush and cover. And so a lot of the time, not always, but a lot of the time, I think you can be more productive. You're going in the woods at nine o'clock. You go a couple hundred yards. You stop. You get quiet. You call. You listen. You wait. And you see what can happen there. And then every half hour or so, maybe you get up and move. I think you can have better success doing that because you can be stealthier when you're covering less ground. You know, the longer you go, the more you far, more you cover, the further you go, the more tired you get, the harder it is to be stealthy. The harder it is to be patient. The harder it is to take care while you're going. You end up pushing through stuff louder, faster, you know, more vigorously than you would or than you want to. And it can really be a situation. It can cause, you know, it, it can just be difficult and it's pushing away turkeys, all that ruckus. Another thing is decoys. Well, do you take decoys when you're going in for the midday hunt? Guys, I tend to advise against it. Um, you know, there's a time and a place for decoys. If you're hunting in the middle of the field, out of a blind, and you're trying to call turkeys over to your, your blind in the middle of the field from, you know, a long distance of open air, well, you know, decoys can be important then because turkey can look around and just see plainly. There's no turkeys out in that field. Where's that noise coming from? But if they can see some turkeys out there or what looks like turkeys, they may be more liable to come out. And there's other situations about, you know, using decoys. In fact, I wrote an entire article about how to hunt turkeys without decoys. And you can find that on the website, newhuntersguide.com under articles. Um, you know, I, I think most of the time for turkey hunters, you're better off without a decoy. I think you can be more effective. I think you've got less things going on that can hang up a gobbler. And I'm not going to go too far into that right now. But decoys are difficult to use well. And I think they only provide a net gain in certain situations. You know, in, other, in, in the average hunting situation, I think they do just as much harm as good. And in the hands of someone who doesn't know exactly what to do with them, they're going to do more harm than good. Except for situations like a big field, open areas, 
big openings in the middle of the woods where you can see a long way into big clearings. You know, those are the kind of times and places where decoy can be helpful. But if you're going out for a midday hunt or mid-morning hunt in the woods, whether you're going to be sitting still or running and gunning, I would not take a decoy. When you're running and gunning especially, here's what people don't think about. Every time you stop, you're then going to need to set up the decoy. You can't wait till the turkey gobbles back because by that point, you might only have seconds and then you've got to set up and find a tree and crouch down and get ready without spooking that bird. And that's what gets difficult. All right, just jump and dive behind a tree or whatever, you know, to get out of the, get out of the open. You can do that, but that makes noise. And you're trying to pull a decoy out of your pack. You're trying to set up a decoy while you're doing that. And you're going to make noise. It's going to make noise to pull that decoy out of whatever it's in. You're going to have to find a good place. Okay, where's the turkey going to be able to see this decoy from? And then you have to put it in the ground. And you're going to have to keep doing this over and over again as you go. And that's going to make more noise. It's going to take time. It's going to be more movement. And it's one more thing that could hang up a bird that might otherwise just come in. And so, oh, it's, yeah, by the way, it's also a good way to get shot when you're on public land. All right. Walking around with a decoy and constantly setting up a decoy is a good way to get shot. So I think it's a bit of a safety hazard also if you're hunting on public land and even on private land, even if you're supposed to be the only person out there, so much of the time, that is just not the case. You are just not the only one out there. Other people may have permission that you don't know about, that the landowner doesn't remember, or people may be straight up trespassing, and yeah, that's illegal, or they shouldn't be doing that, or that's not right, and yeah, you can tell them after you've been shot, it doesn't matter so much. So you got to be careful with that, super careful. You got to be just, ah, I just, I would not recommend a whole lot of decoy use, especially with running and gunning. You just got to watch out with things like that. But you can do that. In fact, that I think works better later in the morning than earlier. You know, depending on where I'm hunting, often I'll go in if I'm going in at first light and I'll sit and I'll call. And, you know, depending on what happens is going to depend on what I do. If I hear turkeys far, far away, I'm going to get up and get closer to those turkeys. If I hear turkeys in the vicinity and I feel like my spot is good, I'm going to sit there, I'm going to hang out, I'm going to do my calling and how much and how often, that's that's another episode and I've recorded many of them. You can check them out under turkey hunting on the website, but I'm going to sit there, I'm going to play that out for a couple hours. If it becomes clear that those turkeys have moved on and they're gone and 9, 10 o'clock comes, if I'm on big land, I'm not staying there. I'm going to get up and I'm going to move. I'm going to try to make something happen. I'm going to do some running and gunning. I'm going to move and call. I'm going to stop. I'm going to find other spots. I'm going to use my ears. I'm going to use my intuition. I'm going to look for sign, see if I can find a better place with more activity. I'm not just going to sit on the exact same spot against the exact same tree from 6 a.m. to noon if I'm on big public land. Now, if I'm on small private land and there's not a whole lot of acreage, and of course, I would only be hunting there if I thought there was a good chance based on scouting that there were turkeys around, then I may sit there all morning until noon because the options are limited. Where are you going to go? 
if it's if it's not big enough to to go very far and I'm just as likely to spook a turkey by getting up and moving and so I'm likely going to stay there but if I'm on big land I'm moving you know by 9 or 10 I'm running and gunning I have changed Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them With Royal Caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America you don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Right, we are, we are now hunting. We're doing it a different way. One, you get tired of sitting there. Especially if you're going in on public land, you're probably just sitting on the ground. You're sitting up against a tree. Maybe you got a turkey vest. Maybe you got a cushion. But you're just sitting there and you get tired, you get sore, and you're ready for some excitement and adventure. So I'm getting up and I'm going to start covering ground. Now I might only go a couple hundred yards and stop and call and sit down for a little bit or I might go more. And people ask all the time, well, how far should you go in between calling? Should you go 100 yards, 150, 200, 250? And you know, everybody wants them to say, well, 200 is better than 250. Or 150 is better than 200. People want like, you know, as if that exact number of yards or feet really makes a difference. How far should you go? You should go until it's far enough that new turkeys might be able to hear you or hear you better than from where you are before. And that there's good cover for you to set up and hunt them. That really dictates how far you go more than anything else. Where can I hide if a turkey answers and comes in. And so you're looking for that. Maybe that's 100 yards, 150, 200. Maybe it's 500 yards. You got to go as far as you got to go to find a place that is a defendable position if a turkey answers so that you can hide. You got a good tree. You got good cover. You got good brush. You got something there that you can use. Otherwise, you know, if you're just standing in the middle of a logging road in the middle of the open and a turkey answers you, from 50 yards away, what are you going to do? You, you got nothing. Best you could do is just drop to the ground in a prone position and hope you see him before he sees you. And the odds on that are not that great because you're going to be making noise. There's going to be movement, especially if you got a decoy and a pack and stuff rattling around, you know, and if you got multiple people with you, well then, you know, good luck with that. You know, you're, you're got to have, you got to find a position where you can defend against that incoming turkey. Now, when I say defend, I mean, you've got to be able to hide and set up and, and get some stealth. But it is kind of like defending. You know, when, when I'm turkey hunting, it's kind of like a battle. All right. You're trying to get that bird to come in and you're trying to get your shot before he sees you and spooks. And the defending position that you're in is the one that gives you the most concealment and the best chance to ambush before he spots you. And so that's the way I'm looking at it. I got to find a defendable position before I get sighted, before he spooks. 
he's got to get in range. And so that's how far you go. You go as far as you need to go to cover some ground where you can find another defendable position. Now, maybe it's 100 yards, and then you look and you know, it's a quarter mile until the next defendable position. Well, whatever, set up there. There's no magic sauce here. And sometimes you just have to get close enough to a turkey to spark their interest. That gobbler might have heard you when you were 150 yards away, and he didn't care. But you get within 50 yards of him, you're right up in his alley, right up in his backyard, and all of a sudden he's like, hey, there's a hen this close? I'll go after that. All right, it's going to be that easy? I'll take it. Whereas he wasn't willing to cover a lot of ground, and sometimes that's just turkeys being finicky, but sometimes there are turkey reasons, right? Maybe that's a subordinate Tom, and maybe he doesn't want to go somewhere and risk running into a boss Tom that's going to whoop him. But if a hen walks right up to him, he'll take it. You know, he might not gobble either. That's the thing. He may not even gobble. He might just come right in, which is why you always want to set up before you call, if at all possible. Because something like that happens, and you know, if you're right up on top of him, he might just come in and take advantage of it, but he's not going to go a couple hundred yards because he's like, well, it could be a boss Tom over there. He knows his place in the pecking order. But, you know, if that hen is served up to him on a platter then he might go for it. And so you got to be mindful of the different ways turkeys operate. And again, if you have limited acreage, I think this becomes easier. And I think sometimes your chances are better because you just hunt better when you know you don't have unlimited acres to cover. When you know you can't just walk for 20 miles and call turkeys endlessly. When you have limitations, it forces you to hunt smarter And oftentimes that hunting smarter offsets the opportunity loss that you might have on a smaller property. You know, if I I have a million acres to hunt and I'm just going to walk and walk and call and walk until I'm exhausted, I'm going to get sloppy, I'm going to make mistakes, and eventually I'm just going to become a a walking ball of ruckus that no turkey is going to get near or answer. But if I'm focused and I'm quiet, I've got a lot better chance. So guys, I hope this is helpful for you. Head to the website, newhuntersguide.com. Check out the show notes for this episode. Lots of good stuff there. Also, I'd ask you, please head to iTunes. Leave a five-star review with comments. One of the best ways to help grow the channel and reach more people. Till next time, thank you so much for listening. God bless you, and go get them in the woods.